You know what makes me laugh? I spent a considerable amount of time, really, preparing my recording studio in my home office. And it's awesome. Truly, it is awesome. I've got all those like soundproofing foam panels up everywhere and my microphone stand and everything is wonderful and so convenient. And it is such an awesome place to record in the middle of the night. (laughs) If I record in the daytime, it does not matter what I do. It doesn't matter how tightly I close the windows or how much I work to soundproof this space. You can almost always, in the light of day, you can almost always hear birds chirping outside my window. Now, at first I was like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. I wonder if they can hear it. And I was worried about it it ruining the sound quality for you. And then I thought, "Am I ki- who am I kidding? This is like a bonus feature. Like they get to hear these happy, wonderful Hawaiian birds chirping in the Hawaiian sun. I should be saying you're welcome for this fantastic bonus feature on the Show Up podcast with Natalie Norton. (laughs) Oh, you guys. Oh, the things that that we do and that we try to do. And as long as we're doing our best, it's enough, right? Okay. So today's show. This is something I've been so excited about. I recently was able to connect with my dear friend, Miranda Anderson of Live Free Creative. We attended the Alt Summit Conference in Palm Springs together a few weeks ago, and we were able to connect and have this wonderful conversation. And I'm just so excited for you to experience Miranda's light. I'm sure many of you already know her and already listen to her weekly podcast. You may know her through her DIY tutorials on her blog or her fantastic inspiration on her Instagram. Um, And most notably, maybe not in general, but as far as I am concerned, most notably, Miranda has a book that is coming out this June, and I am so proud of her. I am so excited for her. It is called More Than Enough, How One Family Cultivated a More Abundant Life Through a Year of Practical Minimalism. There are a million reasons that I'm excited to introduce Miranda to each of you, the most significant of which probably is that she is so committed to living with intention and and really being present and available in her space in a way that is completely aligned with her own values and that is in no way controlled by the dictates of anything external to that. There are a million reasons that I am excited to introduce Miranda to you. Um, Probably most significantly, I'm excited because Miranda lives according to the dictates of her own inspiration and her own divine light. She is so committed to to looking inward, to tuning into her own creativity and to living in a way that is in no way bound by the confines of, of what others may be doing or saying or the patterns that she sees around her. She has done such a good job of living with intention and that is exactly the kind of energy and and passion for life. That's what showing up actually means and that's what it looks like. And she is such a phenomenal example of that. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Miranda Anderson. Welcome to the Show Up Podcast with me, your host, Natalie Norton. This podcast is all about having the courage to be a really good human and living the kind of life that genuinely fires you up every single day. Are you ready to become your best self and truly show up for your life, come what may? Me too. Let's do this thing. Okay. Hi. Hey. I can't believe we're doing this. I'm so glad we're here. I am too. Um, You guys, hi. This is my wonderful friend, Miranda. And we are here together in Palm Springs, California. Um, We just finished attending the wonderful Alt Summit. What do you, what, how would you even describe Alt Summit? This is my first year, so I have like a hard time even like articulating it. Yes, so Alt Summit, I think they would classify it as a um, design blogger or entrepreneur conference okay. to amplify voices, to enable connections, and to um, you know help everyone in this community achieve their dreams. Hey, I feel like that was really good. I feel like maybe they should pay you. <laughs> <laughs> This is my seventh year. Oh, well, so you were, you're so an expert. So I've been around the block a few times. Yeah, <laughs> I really love it. 
I love it. It's it really, I mean, it was wonderful. I was, I was very pleasantly surprised. It was a really great experience top to bottom, mostly, to be honest, because I got to have those touch points with people that I care about so much, like you, who I haven't seen in how many years? At least four or five. Four. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Which is just crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so you guys, Miranda lives out in Virginia, Richmond, right? Richmond, yeah, Richmond, Richmond Virginia. Virginia, which is beautiful if you've never been there. Although it's cold right now, correct? It's warming up finally. Oh, good. My magnolia tree is blooming, Ooh. and like get all the like giddy spring feels. Yes, so. I love it. I love it. In mm -hmm. Hawaii, we kind of have spring feels feels year round. Right. Although after living there as many years as I do, when I first moved there. I just felt like one of the hardest things for me was that there was never any kind of change in season. Everything just felt the same. Now I've been there long enough that I see the, like the nuance right. in the weather, and I can attention. feel the same thing. Like oh, I'm like oh, summer's coming, and I'm feeling that. And right. So it's you know it's been 75 to 80 degrees all winter long, but I still feel <laughs> summer's coming. <laughs> right. I would not complain about the 75 yeah. to 80 year yeah. round. Definitely yeah. no complaining at all. That's amazing. Well, you guys, Miranda and I have been. Um, talking about doing an episode of this nature um, for a little while now and I'm just so glad that we were able to make it work because truly as all of you know my my primary commitment is just to helping you feel empowered um, and myself too because I get like I'm as human as the rest of us and, and I know that Miranda feels the same way and we have so many similarities in terms of um, the way that we approach our work as um, influencers and I, I don't even know that that's the right word but leaders in our mm -hmm. in our various in our various communities and we both just have such a desire to empower people and to help people know how to to make it a little bit how to move forward maybe with a little bit less friction maybe yeah. that's a good way to explain mm -hmm. it and um, I feel like there's just such a resonance between our two messages and missions wouldn't you say I absolutely would yes yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so. I listen to you and it's like I hear the things that I know like mm -hmm. it's I'm remembering mm -hmm. the things that I know yeah and it kind of inspires me to continue sharing the message that I yeah. share yeah um, yeah I think that we align really fully yeah. the other cool thing about that is like I was I was telling uh, my a girl that I work with I w we were talking about um, how I tend to be nervous about attending speeches of friends or listening to their podcasts, especially when there does tend to be a lot of crossover between our content because I worry about being influenced and not realizing it or I worry about them thinking that I've copied them in some way or, right? So you feel this need to just kind of avoid it altogether. But what I'm finding is that we, like you mentioned about Alt Summit even, we amplify one another's voices. Yeah. And the reason that there's crossover is simply because the principles are true. Absolutely. Right? And yeah, I agree. I think the messages that resonate in the human soul. And in the human condition at this specific time. They're all the same. Yeah. Across fields. Yeah. Across communities. Mm -hmm. Across the world. I mean, it really is. It's at its core it's all the same message the yeah. important ones yes amen I, that, I love that the important ones I love that the essential ones mm -hmm. that's really great they're they're the great human equalizers perhaps right the things yeah. that all of us have in common so as Miranda and I were talking about about coming together and having this conversation you know we we tossed around a few different ideas um, one of which being like an interview type template and um, we kind of settled on just having a conversation um, because we both have so much that we'd like to, to share and I feel as though I have a lot to learn from you and um, just to be able to discuss and share in that way is is really kind of an amazing opportunity and yeah. I'm so excited. I agree. I think it's fun to just uh, dive in yeah. and talk. Okay. See what happens. Well, let's do it. So yeah. I would love for us to start, um, we were talking a little bit about environment and not just environment as it relates to our physical world and our homes or our cars or our offices or um, our, our yards and our gardens, but in terms of just environment in general, like our physical environment in terms of our body, our spiritual environment, our mental environment, because all of these things come together to really house a life, right? Mm -hmm. A soul and a life. And you shared a really cool analogy that had come to your mind, and I would love just to start out there. Yeah, so we were talking about the, we were talking about the idea of making space and allowing growth and um, kind of decluttering yeah. the environment, physical environment, mental environment, spiritual environment. And as I 
just ruminated on that a little bit earlier today. I remembered a time a few years ago when I was growing a baby cactus. <laughs> I love house plants. I think they're beautiful. I also think they're fun to cultivate yeah. and I'm not always great at it. So yeah, it's I, not always a successful endeavor. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think a lot of people can I can resonate with that yeah. idea too. I try and yeah. I try again and I don't get too hard on myself when yeah. some of them yeah. you know die slow early deaths <laughs> and <laughs> they're renewable, you know. Yeah. So but I had this one particular cactus that um, was growing Going really well to the point that I was feeling really sort of like proud of it. Yeah. And excited. As well you should have I felt. Didn't, I don't know that I'd ever actually seen one grow. Yeah. Like I, I had them and mm -hmm. they lived and then they and died. They died, yeah. But I hadn't seen one actually grow and change. And so I was watching it grow and change and it was doing so kind of rapidly over, you know, well, rapidly for a cactus over maybe a matter yeah. of two or three years. Yeah. I thought, gosh, this thing has really like doubled in size. Yeah. And then it got to the point where I, because I was paying attention to it, mm -hmm. I noticed that it stopped growing. And I thought, shoot, what am I doing differently? Like I, I you know, I am treating it the same and I didn't want to do any, I didn't want to change yeah. what I had been doing because it had been working. And so I thought, okay, I'm just gonna see what happens and maybe that's maybe that's as big as it gets. Yeah. I thought maybe this is it for this mm -hmm. cactus. This is, this is its life and as long as it stays alive from here on out, we're good. Yeah. And then I had a friend who was much more knowledgeable about horticulture and plants in general and <laughs> than I was and I asked her about it I you know sort of bragged about how big it had gotten and then I said I think this might be it for it and she said no it still has some space um, to grow like it, it will continue to grow but what's happened here is that it's root bound she said the roots have gone as deep and wide as they can go in the pot that you have it in it's grown to its full capacity within that space and in order to encourage further growth you need a bigger pot you need to change that environment so that it can grow and it can stretch out a little further. And I had never repotted a cactus before. They had never had, they'd never gotten to that point that yeah. they needed to be repotted. And so yeah. I got a little bit bigger pot. She cautioned, you know, don't get a giant one. It'll get too confused. And so yeah. get a little bit bigger pot and, you know, gently repot it. And it's going to go through a little transition. She said, you won't see growth immediately. It's going to go through a little transition as those roots kind of stretch out and it gets used to its new environment. And then it will continue to grow because it will have space to continue to grow. Yes. And sure enough, I repotted it and I gave it a little bit of time and I watched it and it has continued to grow. And I've repotted it, I think, three times wow. in the last five or six years. I'm like really impressed, honestly. It's giant now. Yeah. It's like um, probably two and a half feet tall. What? With all these arms. It's oh really gosh. crazy. I actually talked about this, this same cactus in a different context a few um, weeks ago at a conference <laughs> I was speaking at, um, just in terms of growth. Yeah. How, you know, growth is something that we all should strive for, but it's not necessarily a given. Yeah. You have to encourage it. But I didn't mention that this was a really key part of that growth was allowing extra space. Yes. Because without that space, the growth could not occur. Mm -hmm. And I thought that illustration was so simple yeah. and so profound because we can all imagine ourselves and maybe even think of specific scenarios in our lives and maybe it's right now yeah. for some of the people listening maybe for you right now in your life you feel metaphorically root bound yeah that you've gotten to fill up your space whether it's your home whether it's your schedule, your calendar, whether it's your, your mental space, whether you're going over and over and over, you know, tying your, your mental space in knots with experiences or with challenges and you don't really feel like there's anything else to do or anywhere else to go. Yeah. And what the next step might be is to give yourself a little space. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's so many, there's so many things about what you just said. And, and you guys just have to like bear with us because our, our microphone situation is a traveling microphone situation. So just love us because we love you back. <laughs> exactly. You might hear some of like our wiggles on things. And part of that really is just because I don't know what I'm doing. It's actually a really good microphone system. I'm actually I'm, very impressed with the microphone. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> but there's a few things from what you just said that really stand out to me. And I'm hoping that I can remember them all. Um, the first thing that I loved so much was you said you noticed that it stopped growing because you'd been paying attention to it. Because I really do think that in our lives, um, often we get into this autopilot and sometimes it's just a matter of having a lot of things going on. And I don't think that that's something that we should, we shouldn't get down on ourselves for that. I think it's just very a normal part of the human condition to have a lot going on and to get a little bit, um, 
methodical about what we do and not even stop to pause and look and pay any attention. And um, other times it's maybe because of a trauma or specific trials or overwhelm or maybe we're having some health problems or there's a lot of times in our lives when specific things pull our attention so completely that we don't notice other things. And then suddenly when we do notice and pay attention, we are much further away from the quote unquote mark or wherever it was, the, the end in mind or the goal than we ever could have anticipated or, right. or imagined. And just the act of paying attention, how important that is. And you know, I'd love for us to talk about some ideas um, as it relates to that. But then another thing that you said about um, making space, right? And that how, how that the root bound plant needed space. Um, often there is a space of stagnation in our lives where we're just sort of stuck or where we feel as though we have reached the level of accomplishment or um, growth that we have the capacity to reach and now it's just a matter of maintenance, right? right? And yes, that is true in some regards, but I do actually believe that our capacity for continued growth and learning is eternal. It's never unlimited. ending. Yes. yes, unlimited. And particularly because I really do firmly believe that every single individual on this planet, whether they realize it or not, is a leader. And I really do believe that a part of leadership, a, a primary part of leadership, an essential part of leadership is ongoing learning. Mm -hmm. Leaders are learners. Right. And inherent to growth is learning. Right, right, and I'm thinking about you know needing needing to get out of this space of stag stagnation, and a huge part of that to me is holding things lightly, mm -hmm. meaning anywhere we are, always being open to the possibility of change, because yes. the moment that we lock in too hard, the moment that we feel as though we've arrived, the moment that we we put up boundaries and walls and say I'm here and this is it is the moment that we shut ourselves down to opportunity and potential and growth. Right, absolutely. Right? And it can be so incredibly difficult to feel as though nothing is certain. But whether it's hard or not, it doesn't change the fact that nothing is certain. Right. It doesn't change the fact that things are always changing and shifting. Mm -hmm. Even if we want to be blind to it, even if we want to shut our eyes to it, Still, that is the reality that we face. Right. And if we can hold things a little more lightly, then those transitions don't feel quite as jarring, mm -hmm. right? Right. Because they don't feel like they came out of left field. We don't feel like we're being picked on. We just feel like, oh, you know what? We live in a world that is in entropy. <laughs> mm -hmm. And a part of that means that there will be constant transitions. Right. And I'm open to it. And mm -hmm. I can handle it. And I can repot myself. And I can keep reaching upward. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's just and there's so many more things we could pull from that. It's like really like the best analogy ever. Yeah. Um, there is one more thing that I'm gonna pull from this. Um, the other thing that that came to my mind was the idea that we there's only so much we can see and there's so much we can't see. So you know you're sitting here looking at this plant and what all I see is what's above exactly. the level of the dirt. Exactly. Yes. That's I have all no you, idea what's happening below. Exactly. You have no idea what's happening below, and a lot of times we focus so much time and attention on what's happening above the soil, yes. but then what's happening underneath, you mm -hmm. know, and that's the the real the real place where where growth takes place. The things that actually matter, the things that are sustainable, the things that are foundational and set us up for the growth that we need. Those are all happening under the Where surface. Where you can't see them. Yeah. So, yeah. man, there's just so much to pull from that. Absolutely. I hope that you include that in something somewhere, like, <laughs> other than just this, because it's honestly really such a good, such a good analogy. Well, don't you think that, I mean, like with, I feel like all the best metaphors come from the natural world. Yes. Oh. All of the best metaphors yeah. come from, yeah. you know, the laws of the universe mm -hmm. and those eternal truths yeah. that happen you know, whether or not we're looking, yeah. whether or not we know about them. I mean, you know, there's scientists all over the world discovering things that have been happening, mm -hmm. that are, yeah. that we've never known about. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think that any time that we turn our eyes and, and pay attention, like you yeah. mentioned earlier, the idea of giving attention to things that have some of that eternal nature and that truth, we start to learn. Yeah. We, we can start to draw so, some parallels. Let me ask you this. Like if, if all we see is what's above above the surface, but we know, for example, that maybe it's time for growth or maybe people are listening and they're recognizing that they're in a they're in a uh, a pattern that is just become a little bit monotonous. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're not really growing and they're not really shifting and transitioning. But they're also maybe feeling a little disengaged, which yeah. is a really good sign that maybe it's time 
for some some shifts and some change. Um, what what are some ways that that people can embrace that or disrupt their environment, like an intentional disruption, right? right? Um, what are some ways that you think that that can be done? I'm, I'm genuinely, like, I know that there's so many things we can do. Like, we can join a new exercise program, or we can start a reading club, or all these different things. But there's also things that we can do that maybe are a little bit scary and overwhelming. And I'm thinking specifically as it relates to, like, our physical environment at mm -hmm. home. And this is somewhere where you really shine, and somewhere where I don't. And it's not because I don't value it. It's because it's not somewhere where my natural inclination lies. And I have right. so much respect for people for whom their natural inclination does lie in, in, physical, in the order of a physical environment. Right. Because whether or not it's something that I'm actually inherently good at or that I notice inherently, I definitely recognize the value. Well, and whether you're aware of it or not, it definitely affects you. Exactly. It affects you exactly. in, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah, our physical environment definitely plays into our, our emotions and yeah. our mental space and all of that. So yeah, I think that um, specifically talking about creating space. Yeah. So where this root bound plant you can be a cactus if you want. I'm, I'm a <laughs> desert dweller. Like I love. I'm like a desert soul, so I will always be a cactus. But I you love could that. be. You could be something else. You could be a tomato plant, or I you could know be, what I would be. You think about. I'd that. like be a wildflower. I think a wildflower. But it doesn't really matter what kind. Just like a wildflower. Yeah, just a wildflower <laughs> blowing in the breeze. That's right. Yeah. So maybe you're not even in a pot. You yeah, need a new, I, oh, you need a new sure pastor. A yeah, that's right. <laughs> so the traditional way, I think, if we're talking about creating space in a mm -hmm. physical environment, um, people's thoughts might immediately jump to, gosh, I really do need more space. And maybe that looks like buying a bigger house. Yeah. Or maybe that looks like, you know, I need two more, two more bedrooms or two more bathrooms, um, more square footage or, um, and I think that that is not going to, I mean, maybe, maybe sometimes that solution, but generally the solution lies within the circumstance that yeah. you're already in. Yeah. Like it's not, a, it doesn't have to be a dramatic change of environment. Well, it makes me think of that, that idea wherever you go, there you are. Right. So like, okay, great. We buy this bigger house. Well, then what do we do? We fill that bigger fill house right full of stuff. And yes, then exactly. we're in the exact same situation that we were in a yeah, year before. Right? Exactly. And gosh, I have seen that. I've seen that manifest in my own life um, until we, we decided to pay closer attention yeah. to our physical environment. So, um, I think that what you start to do is create space within the home that you already have. To give maybe a little bit of background story for those yeah, who are was, unfamiliar yeah. with me um, and what I do. Um, one of I've been a blogger, a lifestyle blogger, creative lifestyle blogger, and DIY blogger for years. I started my blog back in 2007 and um, transitioned it into my job in 2014. And in 2017, I, we had done this big move to Texas from living in tiny apartments in the DC area and felt like all our dreams were coming true because we got to buy a big house on a big lot and yeah. like, this was it. Yeah. We were just gonna be the there. the American dream. The American dream, yeah. we had done it and we were just gonna live there forever. And I did love it, I loved it. And um, fast forward a few years, we did exactly as you just said, we filled the space up it was decorated beautifully. It was featured online and some big, you know, some online websites. And it was really fun and exciting for me as a creative and yeah. a designer. And I, and I loved all of that. And um, I had a series of just, you know, just kind of small nudges. You know how you get those like little tiny, oh, yeah. small daily, you know, like here and there, there's a little something that's whispering, you know, maybe you don't need that. Or maybe this isn't quite right. Or, you know, I, I would, I start to feel, I started to feel a little bit uncomfortable rather than feeling like relishing in all of the, the coolness of all the stuff that I had. I felt a little bit uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And, um, I realized that we had more than enough stuff, um, physically, mentally, you know, all of the things. And, but the immediate thing that I could do was to start to gr get rid of things physically. And so we started to declutter and organize and, and downsize a little bit, um, of our physical environment and what we we made a commitment for a year to not bring anything else into our home. So see, that's what blows my mind, and that is what is so inspiring to me. Like, repeat that, yeah. you guys. They did not buy anything. Like, I mean, I'm sure they bought like food, and there's things to buy that are like disposable or perishable. Right. But the goal was not to bring anything new into this space for how long? Did you say a year? That's amazing. Yeah. So the the year of 2017, we decided to just opt out. Mm -hmm. of anything that wasn't perishable, consumable. Yeah. And 
it was actually, I mean, it's people think we're crazy when I like talk about that, but it wasn't as hard as it seems. It sounds because, liberating to me. Gosh, you make that decision and you realize immediately you have so much stuff. Like, mm. how could you possibly need more? It like, seems ludicrous that you're yeah. still shopping when you yeah. have closets and cupboards filled with stuff. And so it was, um, it was a, a great commitment. It was, we kind of looked at it as a fun adventure and a family challenge. And we got how started on that. How old are your kids? Uh, right now. At the time. So at the time, they were uh, three, five, and seven. Okay, and now? Now they're almost 10 eight and five. Okay, so this wasn't very long ago. No, this is 2017. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and partway through the year, so we, I shared all about it on my blog. We got rolling with it. We were, you know, learning lessons along the way. And midway through the year, my husband got a job opportunity in Richmond. We were living at the time in Austin, Texas. And because we were feeling so good, I mean, some things about it were challenging and we were definitely working through it. But for the most part, I felt the way you felt when I talked about it, that yeah. it's, it was liberating. Yeah. It felt really empowering. Mm -hmm. And so we moved to Richmond and instead of just sidestepping into a similar housing situation, we decided to try out a smaller house. Mm -hmm. And that felt like progress. Not pro, you know, we think oh, of progress as bigger, better, newer, shinier. Yes. And it felt like we were, the progress, the progress for us was aligning our ourselves, our physical environment with our values. Okay, I have to like pause for a second there because that is so, that's everything that I believe. And yes. that is like, it is at the depth of my soul. That idea that it felt like progress because it was resonant with you. Right. It wasn't just what you'd seen modeled. It wasn't just the pattern that you had seen displayed in front of you. It wasn't just cultural conditioning. Right. It was you paring down in terms of the distractions all around you, mm -hmm. getting clear about what actually mattered to you, and then making a life decision that was aligned with that. Exactly. Oh and my that's gosh. exactly what it was. Yes. We decided to um, ditch our our 2,400 square foot, which isn't giant, but it was you know it was bigger well, for than three we little lived ones. In. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that is it. Well, see, my my situation is unique in that I live in Hawaii, and so in general, and you on the Everything east coast as well. Like in general, homes tend to be smaller right. on. Um, on the island of Oahu because we have not very much land. And I think right. that sometimes homes on the East Coast tend to be smaller just because they were potentially built a, built a really long time ago. Exactly. Yeah. But for a lot of people, the idea of 2,400 square feet is like tiny. Like that's like the size of their unfinished basement. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. exactly. So we felt like we, I mean, we had moved from the East Coast to Texas and felt like we were moving into a palace. Oh, I'm sure. And then when we moved back to the East Coast to Richmond, we decided to take a year and rent a thousand square feet. And it was two bedroom, one bathroom. In a thousand square feet, which means every single feet. one of those spaces was so tiny. It was just I like love little it. teeny tiny yeah. spaces. And part of that was the was I mean it, it just felt energizing and exciting to try something new. I think it's a little bit addicting once you start on that path of like, gosh, what could we do to to change? You realize how good it feels to to be to be changing and to be trying things in that experimental kind of adventure Excited. Yeah. I don't know. It, all, it's yeah. all, it was all very exciting, a little bit wild, but all very exciting. And and I thought a thousand square feet might be a little bit small for the long term, but it seemed like a good. It was it was going to be temporary. It's an adventure. You can do anything for yeah. a year, yeah. you know. So we moved in, settled in, and then um, looked for a house to buy. We thought we would be in Richmond for a while. We're still there, so that, mm -hmm. you know whatever. So we found a fourteen hundred square foot house. And that felt like the right space, yeah. and that's where we have moved in and settled. Um, you know, in that transition, we had some really hilarious experiences. When the moving truck, I thought I had gotten rid of a ton of stuff, yeah. and then the moving truck showed up at our house, this thousand square foot rental house, and started unloading things. And they got to the point where the whole house was filled with boxes, and I was like, okay, good. Like, kind of thought, we're done. We like, let's start unpacking. Yeah. And I said, okay, so thank you so much. And he said, oh no, we have two more trucks. <gasps> and I oh was my like, God. oh my goodness, what? Yeah. Like, what could you possibly have? And so they brought two more trucks full of my stuff. Yes. And they're unloading it. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, I guess I do have three <laughs> sets of patio furniture. Right. Because we lived yeah. in this giant piece of land. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess I do have, you know, 17 boxes of children's books. <laughs> like, what on earth? I am not kidding. There was stuff stacked in the front yard. Yeah. All through the house and in the backyard, yeah. and so it just like was kind of a yard sale for yeah. a few days yeah. until we figured it out. We, you know, so in that process, it was all just really, really funny. Actually, yeah. I was like, burn it all down. Seriously, like, <laughs> let's no, just go abroad. Like, well, so I feel like anytime you, there's like a major move, which really, honestly, Texas all the way to Virginia, that's a pretty that's major a move. move. Yeah, like the only moves I've ever had as an adult were very major because it was 
to Hawaii from Utah, right? From Hawaii back or to Arizona, mm -hmm. and then from Arizona back to Hawaii. Which you know that that cross the Pacific Ocean move is is brutal, right? Because you can't. I mean, you can't rent a truck, you right? Don't stash stuff like, like behind oh, the driver's yeah, seat. Yeah, like, there's like yeah. nothing you can do, and it, it's such a shocking thing. Like as you get going and. In the beginning, you know, it's almost kind of energizing because you're getting rid of stuff and you're, you know, packing what you really love the most. And then all of a sudden there's this point at which you feel as though like you're making all this progress and you turn around and you look at the floor. And it's all the things you couldn't make decisions, quick decisions about that get left for last. Mm -hmm. And there, so it's the hardest things yes. that are left over. And you look at it all and there's, there really is a point at which you just wish that the, the house would open like on a hinge and you mm -hmm. could just sort of like dump it all out. Yeah, it right? just like falls through yes. like to the bottom, you know, yes. to the center of the earth. And you're yes. like, okay, bye-bye. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you, you, you know, you know, that if everything were to disappear in one moment, you would probably forget about most of the things that you, you actually had. You've forgotten about it before you turned around. It's so true. It's so true. So, and yet there's this connection, there's this yes. pull that we cannot separate ourselves mm -hmm. from. And after you're done telling this story, I really want to talk about that because yeah. what is the psychology behind that? Because right. all of us are guilty of it. Totally. Yeah, so, um, so, so this is the place in which we find ourselves now. We're, we're um, very much like still on what I feel like is a long-term, you know, never-ending journey of intentional living. Practical minimalism is what I call it. Oh, um, that's good. Choosing what matters most for us. Practical. No, hold on. Practical minimalism. Mm -hmm. I have so many things to say about yeah. that. First of all, as your friend, let me just tell you that is brilliant. I hope you can trademark it. I don't know if you can. <laughs> Second of all, just as a human being trying to exist in the world, and because like truly the idea of organization, while again I said something I value so deeply, it is not something that I that I naturally feel inclined to make space for. Right. And one of the reasons is because when I, especially minimalism specifically, um, and sorry, I meant like I wanted to take a tiny little detour yeah, for no, a second. Yeah, no, detour away. So living in Hawaii, I had this dear, dear friend, and she is an um, interior designer, and she just is so good at making things beautiful. Yeah, just so beautiful, and she's really into like minimalistic design, and I'm I'm so inspired by it. And I had the opportunity to stay in her home at one point, and and it's amazing. It just didn't feel functional. Uh -huh. And that was one of the things that was really hard for me yeah. was that I, I'm in this space where I'm going, oh my gosh, I would love to live here forever, but I could truly own nothing. Right. Or the things I could own would have to be very impractically placed in my home and not really work in a way that was actually livable. Yeah. Right? And so the idea of practical minimalism, mm -hmm. that just, even just hearing those words, it changes the way that you look at the way you manage your things. Right. Like what's practical here? Mm -hmm. What is actually going to serve not just like the aesthetic and how beautiful it is, but the functionality of my space. Right. And going back to what I said at the very beginning, what's gonna remove friction? Mm -hmm. What's gonna make me not have to think 75 thoughts between picking up this thing, dealing with it, and then putting it away. Right. Right? Like getting rid of all the friction so that things can happen faster and more simply. Right, exactly. Who you are a smart girl. Yeah. Yeah, fan. I just I, f I feel like what matters most um, is different for all of us. Mm -hmm. And the way that we function in our lives is different. The way that we function in our homes is different. Yeah. And yeah, practical, I feel like practical is such a good word. It is such, such, such a, a good, good word. word and know? the other, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but one of the reasons that it is so good is yes, because of all the reasons that we've already mentioned, but also because it means that it can be molded to fit every single life because what's practical Absolutely. for you might not be practical for me. Mm -hmm. And now we're gonna talk about something that might be a little controversial for some of you out there, but the Marie Kondo, Kondo, is that her name? Marie Kondo. Yeah, like the Spark Joy, amazing. She's, I love the idea of does it spark joy. I love the idea of everything having like an energy connected to it that all really resonates with me. Right. And some of the ways that she suggests people organize their space don't feel practical to me. Right. Right, and so I think that a lot of us and maybe not everyone, but for many of us, we look at it and we think, I could not do that because that's that wouldn't work for me, or or I could not maintain that, or maybe we've tried and failed. Mm -hmm. And then we think, oh, well, if this system that everybody out there loves isn't working for me, I must just not be an organized person. Right. Or I must just like be broken somehow, or care too much about my stuff, or have my values out of whack, or, right, and we right. add all these layers of complexity on top of it. Right, I think that Marie Kondo is so, I mean, she's lovely from, so what, I, lovely. from what I've seen of her on Netflix. Yes, We're not I intimate <laughs> friends. <laughs> but from what I've seen of her, she seems, she seems lovely. And she is, she is one teacher in one mm. school of thought yeah. in, you know, a really broad field yeah. of organizational, environmental that. health, you know. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, 
I mean, fortunately, she is bringing it to, Our to light. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of other really loud voices in that space. And so people, like you're saying, may see that and say it doesn't resonate, so there must be nothing for me in this mm -hmm. space, where there probably is someone, you know, an organizer or a system that would work for you. And I don't subscribe to any specific system. I feel like um, what I own needs to be thoughtful. Like, mm -hmm. I, it needs to all be up for grabs at any point. Yeah. I loved how you talked about earlier the idea of holding things lightly mm -hmm. in our lives. I think of the things that I own I think of holding lightly all of the things that I own mm -hmm. at any time. In fact, we recently had a catastrophic flood in our house. We moved into this house. We totally redecorated this beautiful 1948 Cape Cod, 1,400 square feet, little, you know, little darling house. It, like, broke my heart yeah. seeing on your Instagram stories. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I tend to separate myself from, like, the things going on in people's lives because maybe it's because I've been through a lot of trauma. Right. But, like, I can't engage too much or I, like... I've reached a quota of some kind yeah, yeah. where I'm like, I have to be really well, careful you. because I will like actually start to kind of downward spiral if I carry everybody's things in addition to my own. But your specific, I felt like I was going to throw up. Like I wanted to cry for you. It was a really bizarre, it was a really bizarre situation. So we, we, moved but you handled it with so much grace. Like you were so cheerful about it. I was very impressed. I just feel like, because what I was like, I would be on the ground kicking and screaming and swearing. And know. you were just like, well, this thing happened and it's not my favorite. And and let's move forward because right. that's all we can do. Right. And I respected the the heck out of it, you know, but like it was challenging. Well, it was just a good reminder, like after having ch downsized, moved, you know, done this whole year of not shopping. Then when we started to shop again, I realized very quickly, like I'm so much more in tune with the things that I actually do want. And it's mm -hmm. so, e like, I don't even look at most of the things because I'm yeah. like, no, 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 not even interested, like not in the market, don't have, you know, and then I go into the store, like needing the thing yeah. that I already decided that I needed before I went in. Yeah. Like I don't go in and think like, what could Ooh, I possibly what am I gonna need? Buy today? You know? Yeah. yeah. So that's been really freeing in a lot of ways. But then when that happened, when our, you know, our, I came home and it was raining through the ceilings of my recently renovated home, oh. I realized how, um, nice it felt to have mentally and emotionally disconnected yeah. from essentially everything that I own yeah. because I mean I felt like we had already been through that kind of over and over and over again mentally yeah. and it didn't really matter anymore um, so in terms of I'll try to get us back to this rootbound plant and creating space yeah. um, I talked about how I don't think and now having like gotten to know my story a little bit, your listeners will understand that I definitely don't believe that moving into a bigger pot is always the, the best solution for making space. I believe that within the walls of our own home, whatever that is, wherever it is, we can create space simply by shifting, rearranging, and maybe, maybe saying goodbye to some of the things that have served us, they've done their job, um, and like feeling immense gratitude for what they've done, and then and then letting them go. Yeah. And um, so the, the, the way Marie Kondo does that is by item type, like pull all your books out from the whole mm -hmm. house at once and put them in the middle of the floor Which and go I'm through. I'm gonna say that process in and of itself to me sounds so disruptive of my life. Right. And and so overwhelming. And because I'm really good at starting projects and I'm, I, maybe some of you out there feel the same, I'm really good at starting, but I'm not always good at finishing in one round. Right. And the idea of my home being that disrupted during that, that round, right. that gives me so much anxiety that I would, honest to goodness, rather live in squalor. Right. Because at least it's squalor that I understand. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's not just like a new kind of squalor that's disrupted my entire flow of my yeah, life. Yeah, I agree. I think that for people who are finishers mm. and that are really committed and are really efficient even yeah. and that have a lot of extra time for a couple of weeks, you yeah. know, which, I mean, I don't know how many people really do, but yeah. that can be great. I have found that in the rhythm of my normal life, things only have our attention for like a brief second as we pick something up or as we're like doing the laundry. You're naturally touching the clothes that you have. Um, so as you're doing that, as that shirt has your attention, ask yourself ever so briefly, do I love this? Does it fit me? Do I feel confident in it? And if you can't say yes with, to all of those questions, then instead of hanging it back up in your closet, Put, put it in, in a, a box yeah. to send to Goodwill. Mm. Or maybe when you're hanging all those things, you know, you say, yes, 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 I'd love, because most of us only wear the things that we love. For yeah. example, just talking about clothes for a second. We wear the things that we love, so we wear them over and over and over again, and then we go back to the closet and we hang them up next to all of the things that have been hanging in the closet for the last three years that we haven't ever touched. So as you, like, for a second, you know, you hang up your favorite shirt next to this 
set of three or five shirts that you've had since you were in high school but you've never worn or sometimes you feel bad for her. Yeah. Or like it's sentimental. It's little, or I sentimental. spent too much on it. Right. Those things uh, are, that, that, that right there is a space that is inhabited with something that is not serving you. Mm -hmm. So rather than have it be filled with something that isn't serving you, remove it and that's where you create space for growth. I love that. Taking those things away that are no longer serving you. Things will not serve us forever. I mean, I really think the only things that we are meant to be connected to or live with forever are our family. Yeah. Beyond that, every single physical thing, and in a lot of in a lot of um, situations as well, everything, every single um, you know situational like life thing, like careers are not forever. They're not from the beginning to the yeah. end. Every single thing is tr is transitional, mm -hmm. and that may feel really scary for a lot of people. But like you mentioned at the beginning, whether you like it or not, we are ever evolving and ever changing. Mm -hmm. And so, being aware of that has allowed me to. Um, create a system of ongoing, you know, removal. That is honestly so brilliant um, for a million different reasons. But the one that resonates for me in my personal life the most is that I, I work very well with systems. And it's something that I really recommend to my life coaching clients and to my business development clients. When we have systems in place, over time systems become habitual. Right. And habits are sustainable, mm -hmm. right? And so the idea of just knowing every time you're doing your laundry, you're paying attention to what you're touching, or maybe every time you're unloading the dishwasher, you're noticing, oh, you know what, this cup is chipped. Exactly. You know, and you're throwing it in the trash. Right. Or just having this these systems in place that are just so constant that yeah. they're a habit. And maybe there's a box that you keep somewhere where you have stuff for goodwill, and every you know, Friday when you go to the bank to make a deposit or whatever, whatever your system is, part of it is stopping by goodwill on the way. Just dropping you know? off that box. And yep. that, that to me is sustainable over the long haul. Yep. And in theory, it also means there's not ever going to necessarily be a need for huge upheavals. Exactly. Yeah. This just becomes part of your regular life mm. because whether we like it or not, the influx is systematic. Mm, that is so true. We buy things mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Or even if we're not buying things, can I tell you how many things we received during oh, yeah. 12 months of not buying things? We received gifts. Neighbors would drop things yeah. off. You know, people like people would kind-heartedly send home like, "Oh, my daughter grew out, grew out yeah, of these exactly. clothes." You know, here, all of those things that we weren't asking for, we were grateful for, but we didn't ask for them. Um, if you are continually adding to your spaces, but you're you don't have the same continual outflow. Then we're then we're burying ourselves and we're becoming even more root bound in our environments. Another word that I would really like to throw in the in the hat here is it's like we're becoming constipated. Absolutely, <laughs> and I'm really serious yeah. because like that really genuinely is what's happening, and and there's no flow, and and there's a point. Think of how gross we feel, right? And and even just in terms of like spiritual constipation or being mm -hmm. stagnated or being stuck. Yeah. Um. It, it brought to mind. Uh, a situation that I had, you know, a, a, a while back. I, I had a stroke in 2016, as you know, and um, the next couple of years were just really hard for me in terms of recovery. Well, fast forward, you know, over those two years, I, I one day woke up and member, 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 I, how, I member. <laughs> remember how I was saying earlier how sometimes we're not paying attention and it could be for a million different reasons. Right. I had not been paying attention, right? I just mm -hmm. had been surviving day in and day out and that's fine. And I give myself absolute grace and permission yes. because it was a unique set of circumstances. And, um, but I remember going in to clean out my closet mm -hmm. when I was finally feeling like I had the wherewithal and the bandwidth to do that. And I had so much stuff, so much stuff, and a lot of it still had tags on it. Because mm -hmm. not only was I not feeling awesome and because of that not paying attention to my life, I wasn't really going out much. Right. But I was buying things and I realized, oh my gosh, when I, over this last two years, when I have had a feeling I didn't like, when I have been in overwhelm or when I've been um, feeling confused about what to do next and I didn't want to make an important decision or when I was feeling depressed or sad or whatever, I was filling the void by with shopping. shopping. Mm -hmm. And I have never considered myself a shopper. Mm -hmm. I don't like to go to the mall. I've never been one to be like, hey, let's go on a shopping trip for the weekend. Like, it's right. not my thing. Shopping is not my thing. Yeah. And yet, suddenly, because we don't have to go and shop anymore, 
it secretly like sneaks its way in. You don't mm -hmm. even realize you're doing it. Totally. You just get that ad on Instagram. You're like, oh my gosh, those shoes are so cute. Click and, and buy. Click and buy, click and buy, click yeah. and buy. And I'm looking at all this stuff in my closet and I'm going, first of all, a lot of this would just never fit. Second of all, a lot of it's super impractical because I live in Hawaii. Third, I don't like it that right. much, right. right? But then you feel guilt. It's like, what do I do with it? And I bought I, it. I exactly, bought it so I have to keep it. Exactly. And it was mm -hmm. just such an interesting thing. And I'm actually very grateful for it because I think that the level of awareness that it gave me about facing the feeling mm -hmm. and feeling the feeling and dealing with um, whatever whatever the roadblock or the, the challenge or the discomfort was, allowing myself to do that because I don't actually want to hide from my feelings. I actually very much enjoy processing them. It's it's like, it's the way that some people enjoy baking. Like I genuinely enjoy introspection and I right. genuinely enjoy uh, emotional processing. Yeah, but the same way. But I'd gotten in a mess and I'd gotten in this weird funk and this weird system. And, and just formed a habit. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. without even knowing it. Right. And so the process of, of going through and getting rid of things and, and just giving them away and, and so many friends being so excited, like, it's still the tags on it. And I'm right. like, and you're welcome. And I hope that it doesn't poison your life the way it has poisoned mine. <laughs> exactly. Take my problem as you your own. <laughs> I know you didn't ask for this either, but I hope that you enjoy yeah, it. Seriously. No, it's really it's really an interesting uh, we live in a very interesting current consumer driven society. I think buying your feelings is definitely not unusual. Yeah. Um, eating your feelings is not a, you know, there's yeah. all the things eating your feelings. Well, is not I unusual. just keep thinking back on um, your year of no, really, your mm -hmm. year of just saying, like, we're not, we're just not going to consume. You know what? I want to tell you, because I think you'll appreciate this. Yeah. I never considered it a year of not shopping, although that's the easiest way for me to explain it yeah. to people. Yeah. What I, what we named it was our more than enough stuff challenge. I love that. Because it wasn't about not shopping. It was about recognizing that we already had more than enough stuff. Oh, I so always good. spun it in the positive in my mind. Mm -hmm. it, it, we, we simply were maintaining contentment yeah because we we recognize not needing anymore that is so beautiful so, that is so of course beautiful. it makes more sense to say well we, we spent this year not shopping instead of we spent this year feeling really grateful for all the things we already had and that meant that we didn't shop yeah you know, like it's yeah, kind of hard totally. but yeah. we um but what it was about from the beginning was we have more than enough in all of the ways yeah and uh and so we're just gonna let that resonate for a while well, the thing that is so beautiful to me is I would imagine that the unintended side effect, and maybe it was the intended side effect, but in my mind, the unintended side effect would have been a higher level of emotional awareness oh, because there yes. weren't a thousand other things that you could hide behind or inside of or or even just decisions that you could hide behind. Like, think of how often we sit and we're watching TV and at the same time we're trying to decide which shoes to buy. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, yeah. And we're just... They're, anyway, it just, it's fascinating to me because I would love to hear if that was a lot of what you noticed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that I started to pay attention in all of the aspects of my life um, more fully than I had before. That raised level of intention has continued through beyond, beyond that first year. Uh, this, this real, true, lasting effects of that year that we took pause from mindless consumerism has infused and um, enriched what I believe will be the rest of our lives because we continue to live aligned with those values that we discovered or remembered or really put in action. I think that for my whole life I would have said that I believed that things were not as important as experiences or that relationships mattered more than stuff. But how often had I really been asked to hold both in my hand and let go of one. No one had ever done that because we often can have both. And so we think that we are, that we're raising one above the other, but we're not actually ever asked to put them face to face yeah. and choose. And so what we did was require ourselves to choose and to every time choose the experience over the stuff and to every time choose the relationship over the, the shopping trip and realized how that alignment felt so true yeah. and that that really would continue to carry us through. And I feel like I have distorted, um, like that, you know, cactus started to stretch my roots out in ways that I hadn't ever realized. Like I've been growing from just making that decision to, to pay more attention and to be more aware. 
I've been growing continually since then and it's like bearing fruit in all these unexpected ways as we you know continue on our journey well that's honestly the perfect the perfect segue as we wrap things up here um i'm so curious to hear and it's funny because we're like let's have this conversation and now it's like an interview because i'm like i have to hear all the things i love this so much it's like really really resonating with me um but i'm curious to hear the way if you looked back at yourself that 2017 right Mm -hmm. that's me 2017 you versus 2019 you I know that you know you you it really was like you said an experiment like right. you know you're going into it saying yeah, yeah we're gonna try this new thing who knows mm-hmm. who knows what will happen but the way that you identified and and your sense of self at 2017 in comparison to who you are now what do you see what's changed I feel more like my true self I feel like I recognize my inherent worth my true value the um, the depth of my soul. Yeah. I mean, this is, I'm like going no. really deep no, here, but, but I have to be just totally honest. honest. I, I totally get it. Um, I, I, I feel like I can often feel myself as living separately, you know, what like presently in this world, um, but also separate from, because I know that everything is transactional yeah. and everything, uh, what really matters most uh, has nothing to do with all of the day to day. And so, um, I've also, I, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I feel like I gained, I've always been a little bit fearless. My mom would have said reckless growing <laughs> up, but I've always been a little bit fearless and had, um, I've, I was a confident child. You I've always been a confident person. Drum. I could yes. get that. I get that from you for sure. Allowing myself the freedom to choose something that was right for me, even though it wasn't right for anyone for else and yeah. maybe will never or wouldn't have ever been right for everyone else really allowed me permission I gave myself permission to try new things and other things and since then like if you put my life on uh, you know just in black and white on paper the things that I was doing the things that I was feeling the things that I hoped for um, in the last couple years just allowing myself to go for it and to try and to say you know what can the, the worst that can happen is that it doesn't work the way that I think it does and the benefit of that is that then I've learned yeah and so I feel like I like that Edison quote right like I didn't fail at whatever I learned however many ways not to create a light bulb yeah right? exactly and I mean how true is that and I think that I would have told you that was true before I tried but now you know but it. now I know oh, that's so good. and that knowledge um, allows me to continue experimenting mm-hmm. and I, I'm, I mean I kind of just consider everything that I do a, an experiment yeah. or an adventure yeah and I'm just up for like okay well the let's beautiful see how thing goes. about that is then you're not married to anything it no. doesn't feel so final and like this huge upheaval it's like this is a project with a beginning a middle and an end yeah and then I can make a decision about it after that right right yep. which is such a cool thing for people because it's practical right I just love it so much well yeah and to like bring it all back to what we were initially talking about I think that that permission Mm. gave me the space to grow that was all that was always really there that I just didn't see yeah I wasn't paying attention to it and so I um, all that it took was allowing myself to try one thing one time without expectation and that became you know turning my whole life into something bigger and more beautiful than I ever imagined that it would be. The cool thing about this and what you guys can't see is like, I mean, she's not like crying or I have like some huge emotional moment, but like in, in hearing her explain this, like the light in her eyes and the joy that, and, and I would even go so far as to say the sense of pride and accomplishment. Like this was not some small thing that like shifted your life in a really small way. This was an incredibly moving experience that has fundamentally changed the way that you interact with the world around you. I love that you use that word. I, I use that word. I say this experiment fundamentally shifted the culture of our family. Wow. That's amazing. And me as the mother and the nurture and the, you know, and the heart of our home and um, my kids yeah. and my husband yeah. and our dog and our chickens. <laughs> I mean, like all of us get to live a bigger life because we created some space for that to happen. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like I want to just like end it right there, but I do have one more question for you. Um, in this conversation turned interview. Um, <laughs> so as you, like there's people listening here and, and for a lot of them, it would seem like, like with the Marie Kondo, Kondo, Marie, whatever her name is, I can yeah. never remember it. Like it feels overwhelming. Like they can't right. go and take all the books out and put them on the bed and figure them out. And they can't spend an entire year not consuming anything. But 
what's something that they can do that's actionable that mm -hmm. that any of them could try to just maybe as an experiment like what are some ideas for them yeah so um i will just mention for a long list or you know the, on my website i do have lots of tips for awesome. getting we'll rid of stuff that in the show notes yeah for sure. and um, i did a recent podcast episode about different ways to organize good mentioning Marie okay. Kondo mm. and also with the disclaimer this might not be for everyone so Love here's that. some other ideas mm -hmm. um, I think that starting small is always the best way so starting with one small space maybe it's a sock drawer or maybe it's a day on your calendar what feels uncomfortable to you what feels like when you approach it when you open it or when you look at it you feel a little bit of like dissonance or friction yeah, or a little yeah. bit of frustration. I love that friction yeah. that a little bit of friction a little bit of frustration you're annoyed when you open the junk drawer for example yeah. and you every time you do I it sure am. you think gosh why does this look like this oh, what's all this crap drawer. in here and then you get the highlighter and you close the junk drawer and mm -hmm. you move on so like give yourself a small space and a little bit of time and start working on it take everything out yeah. of one small space so we're not talking about your whole house take everything out of one small space think about it and put it put only back the things that matter or that yeah. add value and get rid of the rest if that doesn't um, feel like something that you know resonates with you I think what we were talking about earlier is definitely an incredible method in the rhythms of your natural life you are interacting with your belongings in a way that is functional to the way you live your life. So as you're touching things, as you're putting away the dishes, as you're vacuuming the room and you keep moving this chair that's just always in the way and you're like, when is the last time someone actually sat in this chair? Yeah. I hate this chair. Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of the chair. Yeah. I mean, and just, just do it. Because guess what guys, you're allowed to do that. You're, yeah. Is you, that a cool thing? You're <laughs> actually allowed to get rid of stuff you don't like. Right. Oh, right. oh my gosh, you're a grown up. And if you feel like, gosh, I don't know if I want to get rid of it, I think I might, but I'm not really sure, put it in the garage mm. for a month. And if you, at the end of the month, haven't thought about it and you haven't like tried to sit there and realize like, oh, my chair is gone, then that's probably a good idea, good you know, a good mm -hmm. indicator that you don't need it anymore. Um, I think that it really, it's just more than anything because as with anything, what precedes action is decision. Yes. So the people listening who want, who, who this episode has resonated with them and they recognize that they would like to create some space within their home um, will say, okay, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to choose to do something. It yeah. almost doesn't matter what. I'm going to choose to do something. And those that maybe the episode had resonated, but they think I, I'm just not really ready for that or I don't have time for that right now. Well, come back to it when you do. Exactly. I really, really love that you said it doesn't matter so much what you do. Yeah. Um, I, I really believe that, that, that it's not so much about which direction you're headed initially, it's the fact that you're moving initially. Absolutely. Because it is much easier to shift direction and to fine-tune where we're headed than it is to initially start from nothing. Right. Right? Yeah, um, I agree. Something when I was a kid that, that my mom used to used to have us do is anytime we entered a specific room, she'd just say, just pick up five things. Every time you walk in the room, just pick up five things. No big deal. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that I keep thinking of is like if your house is already a mess, forget the organization and forget the the systems and the structure of, of your drawers and your in your closets and your organizational situation, but just in terms of your living space. Like for a lot of people, it's like, it's already a mess. Like I don't have time to organize and clean up. Right. Like, but if you just, every time you walk into a room, you deal with five things. Right. Truly, after a few days, your home is going to be clean. And yeah. then when your home is clean, if you still walk into a room and deal with five things, soon your home will be organized. Yeah. Right? And just making a choice about tiny little commitments totally. that build into something great. Yeah. I have to share one little gem Please. that has been helping me lately. Because while I'm really great at getting rid of things and organizing, I'm not always great at the cleaning up, mm. like that piece. Um, and uh, the other day we're living, well, I don't even get into that, but I, I, the other day I noticed that I was like annoyed by the dishes in the sink, but I didn't feel like doing them. And yeah. so I like went to bed. Mm. And I thought, that's, isn't that silly that I'm uncomfortable with the way that the, you know, the dishes are in the sink? I'm uncomfortable with that. But I choose that uncomfort or that discomfort instead of the discomfort of doing them. And I thought, you know, tomorrow in the morning, I'm going to be, I'm going to be uncomfortable either way. But if I'm uncomfortable doing the dishes, at least they get done. Exactly. So I 
walked my little booty down in the morning mm -hmm. and I got working on the dishes. And the silly thing is that I actually really like doing the dishes. I love the warm water. I yeah. like turn on music while yeah. I'm doing it. You know, I got it all clean and I thought, now, you know, that was a little bit uncomfortable because I had to like, you know, get, bring some energy to the table and actually yeah. like do something. But at the end of the discomfort, something had been accomplished. Yeah, there was a reward. And I started to kind of practice that just around my house. I'm, you know, annoyed that the socks, like my 10-year-old leaves his socks next to the couch. I think, does every 10-year-old oh, boy leave boy, his yes. socks by the couch? Mm -hmm. So they're there. And I think to myself, gosh, that's, you know, that's kind of annoying that those are there. Maybe I should wait until he's home from school and like, you know, and maybe mm -hmm. that's a good idea too. Yeah. But I was like, I'm either going to be annoyed by them being there or I'm going to be annoyed that I have to go pick them up and put them in the, in the laundry. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the second one, it's done. Yeah. And at the end of the first one, I just continue to be annoyed. Yeah. You know? Well, and it's it's interesting, too, along those lines. Like, we don't always pay attention to how much mental space unfinished projects are, are, are taking up in our lives. Totally. Um, they're kind of just running behind or underneath the surface. And we may not always be aware. But, yes, you're, you're right. It's a little bit uncomfortable to do the actual project itself. It's a little bit uncomfortable specifically to get started. But once it's done, not only is the project done, but also there's not that we have more bandwidth available because yeah. it's now completed and out of our consciousness. Yeah, the box is checked. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a really beautiful thing. You are amazing. Well, Thank you so much for this conversation. <laughs> you are amazing. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I know, I know what you meant, but you guys, I have to just tell you, Miranda is delightful. Oh my gosh. She's just delightful, and she and I haven't had a lot of physical one-on-one -on -one time, like being together in the same space, and so being able to have this conversation actually together in the same room is just such a gift. Really fun. You are just vibrant and light, and I just love being around you. You're I wonderful. Feel the same way about you. you guys, Miranda, we will share. She has um, a wonderful blog. She has Instagram. She has a wonderful podcast. What is your podcast called? Live Free Creative. And where can they find that? Uh, it's everywhere you can listen to a podcast. Okay. It comes out Thursday mornings. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And. I don't know, I'm assuming I'm allowed to talk about your yeah. bio okay. Um, okay. Miranda has a book coming out in June. Now that you've talked about it, it has to happen, I right? Which, which I think is <laughs> no, actually maybe a really good thing. It's really long. Right? Yeah, no, it's really exciting. Yeah, it's, it's really, exciting. really exciting. What's the title? The title is More Than Enough, How One Family Cultivated a More Abundant Life Through a Year of Practical Minimalism. Oh my gosh, I'm so proud the of The book is this story. I mean, mm -hmm. it really is kind of what we've been talking about. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful, and, wonderful. And much more. <laughs> and much more, right? Yeah. And helping helping lead you by the hand and um, and so that you can find inspiration and also because I know Miranda so well, um, that goal of really empowering others and I know that anything you touch is a means towards that end. And so thank so. you for doing your part. Yeah. For you. lifting where you stand and thank you for being here. And um, how can people get on a list to have more information about the book when as the time as the time gets closer? Yes, so we're almost ready to pre order the book. And if you go to livefreecreative.co, up in the very top there's a tab and it just says I think it says book pre-order. Okay. So you click there, you put your name on a list, Fantastic. and then you'll be notified when the pre-orders open. Fantastic. And we will make okay. sure to link to all of those things in the show notes again and again. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you so much. I You're so you. wonderful. I love you too. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Isn't she just delightful? I just kept thinking the entire time that we were doing this interview, why aren't we neighbors? I mean, it would require me to move to Richmond, Virginia, but I feel like it might actually be worth it. It might be difficult to convince Richie, but I am on board. I feel like any sacrifice would be worth the benefit of being able to sit on the porch with her and drink lemonade. She, do you guys realize she's renovating a 1948 Cape Cod in Richmond, Virginia right now? I don't even know what that means, and I'm amazed. She's just something so special. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, there are a number of ways that you can connect with Miranda. Live Free Creative is the name of her blog and her website. Live Free Creative is the name of her Instagram feed. And we will be sure to link to all of these things in the show notes for this episode at letsshowup.com. Also, and Miranda did not ask me to tell you this. I'm telling you this because I am so excited about it and I want every single one of you to have this book in your lives. Pre-sale for the book has not started yet. However, 
If you go to Miranda's website using the link that we will provide in the show notes, you will be able to sign up for her mailing list. And then you will be notified as soon as pre-order for the book becomes available. So make sure that you visit letsshowup.com. Get yourself over to her website. Get on that mailing list because I want to make sure that this book is in your hands first because I know that it will bless your life. Thank you all so much for being here today. As always, I love you. I am rooting for you. Remember, your best is always enough. Now go make it a great day. You make me feel like I I'm Natalie Norton, and you have been listening to The Show Up Podcast. Until next time, my beautiful friend, keep showing up Keep that heart wide open. And as always, remember, your best is always enough.